0: Welcome to Lawyer Business Advantage. This podcast is dedicated to helping attorneys earn more money, get better clients, and spend more time with family. I'm your host, Alej Yajnik, founder of Law Firm Success Group. Smart business guidance for small law firms begins in three, two, one. And it's my pleasure to welcome to Lawyer Business Advantage, Sar Swartzen, founding partner of Conan Swartzen.
1: Sar, how are you today? Great. Thanks for having me.
0: Thanks for jumping on today. And you've built, you and your partner have built a successful law firm in the personal injury space. And so I know one of the things you like to talk about a lot, and I've heard you say this before, is getting your health back is our number one concern. Uh, tell me a little bit about that tagline.
1: Yeah. I, you know, uh, a lot of people think personal injury and they're thinking of the damages and the amount of money compensation people can get. But really, the most important thing for every client we see is they want to get back to the way they were before the accident, before the injury, before they had to come see me. And no amount of money I can give somebody if they have back issues for the rest of their life or some other medical issues for the rest of their lives is going to make up for that. So our number one concern is to make sure every client attempts to get back to the way they were before the accident, provided that's An opportunity that they can do and that uh, it's available to them i want to make sure that every client tries to get back to what we call pre-injury status and that's very very important i explain that to every single client the second they come to see sar
0: what are some of the things that you that you believe set you apart from other, you know,
1: PI firms that are out there because, you know, there's one or two. <laughs> yeah, there's one or two. There, there's a, about a million personal injury attorneys. And one of the things that we get a lot of commendations about is our personal service. The key is keeping the client informed. All they want to do is know what's happening along the way. They come to an attorney like me or any other personal injury attorney because they're scared. They don't know the system and they don't know what to do first. They're frazzled and they come to me sometimes with all different sorts of papers. And and I say, the benefit is you just have to work on getting better. My job is to take everything else off from you. So we have a system in place at my firm that at least somebody somehow contacts the client, whether it's by text, email, phone, some other way every three weeks on the case, because that's an important thing for me. In fact, I generally am contacting the clients more than they would ever be contacted by most attorneys or more than they even expect to get contacted because I want to keep them in the loop. I want to make sure that they know what's happening throughout the pendency of their claim.
0: And sorry, you and your partner have built a multi-million dollar PI practice. And so to what extent do you think that this approach that you've taken about being really responsive to clients, keeping them really up to date on the progress of their cases,
1: to what extent has that contributed to your success? I would say it's it's one of our top things. I mean, my law partner always says, you're getting Nordstrom customer service. We know that because people leave other firms. And I don't poach clients from other firms, but we we have people who come to me Uh, clients who come to me from other firms and they say, I've been with this law firm for several months. I've never heard from an attorney. Jason and I or one of the other lawyers in my firm meet with the client, whether it's in person or now by Zoom or on the phone before we take any case, because we want to make sure that we're the right fit for every single client that we take. And we want to make sure that this is the right case for us to take all the way through trial, if necessary. Because we are kind of picky on the cases that we take and the clients that we take because we want to make sure we're the right fit for that. Sure.
0: No, it makes a lot of sense. And, um, you know, how did you get to the point where you were ready to start your own law firm?
1: Uh, that's an interesting question. So I was working, I used to do exclusively uh, mesothelioma cases for many years I did several other things throughout my career. But at one point in time, I had a person that I worked with at the firm, and he was really a mentor to me. I'm still very good friends with him. And he said to me, you have to find something that you're passionate about. Because what I was doing was more business bankruptcy related. I didn't really care if one business made millions and lost millions. It didn't have any, any real passion for me. It didn't strike a nerve. But I ended up interviewing at a firm where they represented people who were dying as a result of mesothelioma and as a result of asbestos exposure. And that really struck a nerve. And I decided I I beat out like, I don't know, like 200 different people going for this job. And they were based in Dallas and they had an office in Long Beach. It was one of the best career decisions I'd ever made because I got to represent the people who built this country. Literally, the people who built this country, listening to their stories and helping them get through the toughest time of their lives and their family with this very, very difficult thing, where unfortunately every one of my clients passed. But what I really, really enjoyed was representing the little guy, if you will, against multi million dollar corporations. I loved just sitting in depositions where it was me versus 30, 40 different attorneys on the other side. And I felt that I could take control of the situation and I could make a difference, not just in this person's life, but what may be the outcome in the future on these cases. And so when I started my firm, I had known my law partner, Jason, from college, and I decided I wanted to branch out to be uh, just more of general personal injury. I still do mesothelioma cases, but I wanted to do just general personal injury. We had known each other for years. I used to be his roommate years ago, and um, I called him up out of the blue and said, hey, are you looking for a partner? And he said, you couldn't have called me at a better time. And uh, we started the firm out. And we used to do Other things other than personal injury, he used to do criminal law and and from a business perspective, we literally sat down and looked at the ROI of every single area we were practicing and we realized that it just made sense for us to focus on personal injury And it was what I knew best. I didn't know criminal law. And he had done criminal defense at a very large firm in the past. So we both, it was an area of expertise we both both had. And that's how we started the firm. Very small, shared one office, one desk, literally. And there were three (laughs) of us around the same desk. And uh, it was great. It was a great way to start the firm.
0: That's awesome. And when you you got going, sounds like one thing you did, which was, a great idea was to sit down and look at the return on investment in the different pr- practice areas and figure out where to focus your efforts. What were what was then once you got through that and decided okay we we're going to be a PI firm, what was the next big challenge that you had to cross?
1: So the big challenge was we had to basically not take any of these cases that weren't in our space even though it would mean money for the firm. So we had essentially I think at the beginning like 18 Personal injury cases, which is very small, and so we had to say no. We had to say no, and saying no then, saying no today is one of our greatest strengths because it allows us to take those cases that we know we can do a good job, take the best clients, and uh, really help
0: people out. And so, when you're saying no, especially when you're starting your firm, and this is great because a lot of uh, a lot of the people that listen to this podcast, a lot of attorney entrepreneurs. Are just starting off their law firm, and you're behind the eight ball, and you know you're trying to make ends meet, you're trying to pay rent, you're trying to pay your mortgage for your family. Just take me back to that time where you were wrestling with the decision of, you know, I really need to take this case, uh, but it's really not a good fit. You know, what were some of the things going through your mind there, and and how did you justify not taking that case?
1: So. I'm kind of uh, more entrepreneurial in spirit, and my law partner actually graduated from the entrepreneur program at USC and he has a business background. And I'm uh, a gambler in that sense. I gambled on me. I knew that if we did what I thought based on the numbers, based on what I knew, that we would be successful. And I knew that the short term uh, lack of capital would not translate long term. And in that first year, because i said no to all those cases i was able to take on a case that several other lawyers had had rejected they thought it was a workers comp case but there was no workers compensation insurance i was able to get that uh, gentleman who was in a horrific accident a very large settlement from a commercial liability policy which helped start our
0: firm wow that's great congratulations on on taking that on taking that risk betting on yourself and then getting a big win for your client
1: yeah, you have to be able to bet on yourself. That's really the key. If you have confidence in yourself, you know, short-term capital issues are going are, are are kind of an easy problem to deal with. The long-term problems are just making sure you have things in place, the infrastructure in place that you think about your firm like a business. And I've listened to several of your podcasts and I know that's a big thing that you talk about and it's very very important that you are a business owner first and a lawyer second. And if you don't think like that, and if you don't look at your firm from a business perspective, it makes it very, very difficult to grow and succeed because you will then take cases that will be a drain on your time, resources, energy. And I always say time is a finite thing that we have in this world. If you're working on a case that's going to be eating up your time and it's not going to be worthwhile for you, that means that you can't go out market uh, you can't go out and, and uh, work on a case that's much better for the firm. So those are things that you you have to keep in mind. I couldn't agree more. Time
0: is our most precious asset, right? You it, can't it is. save it. You can't get more of it. And it's perishable. When it's gone, it's gone. That, that's absolutely right. It's very well said. Um, And since we're talking about, you know, the business aspects of growing your firm, I know something that you're dealing with right now, and we all have things we're working with in our firm. I'm working on some stuff in mine. Um, One of the things you're working with right now is leading and growing your team. So just to be relatable to our listeners, tell us a little bit more about that.
1: Yeah, so we just hired with Jason and I, our fourth attorney. And it's somebody that I've known for many years and I have wanted... To come on board four years ago when he had left a firm not, not doing personal injury, plaintiff's personal injury. And uh, I've known him for many years. And I think the best thing I did was consistently keep communication open. You know, we're friends, but I kept telling him, if things change, just please consider us again. If things change, just please consider us. And we went to lunch uh, a few months ago. No, a little bit more than a few months ago, and now he's working at my firm. And I think he's going to be the, the key to uh, growth in my firm. Uh, we have a very similar mindset, just like my law partner, Jason, does. My That is a blessing that Jason and I think almost identically sometimes it's kind of scary where I'll send a text and he was in the middle of writing an email on the same subject. But uh, that has been great. I have an amazing staff team really i don't call them a staff at all because they are absolutely some of the top notch people in the industry lots of experience some with 20 30 years experience working with my firm and having the processes in place i use case management software system it makes it very easy to plug someone into the system, they understand the law, they understand how these cases work, but I just wanna show them kind of how we run the cases. So it's a little bit more efficient or uh, uh, listen to them if they've got a better idea because we are very elastic. Uh, we don't have any any qualms about changing things if the method that we have uh, doesn't make sense.
0: Yeah, that, that's great. And so you're hiring these experienced people and they come in with a certain way of doing things that's worked very well and successfully for them for a long time. So it's a nice, interesting tension of having to adapt to the way that your firm does it uh, versus the way that they've done it in the past. And sometimes they need to adapt and sometimes the firm needs to adapt. And you recognize that, that tension there.
1: Absolutely. In fact, there was a paralegal once she had, she's been with us for five years now, but I remember she was always so tentative. I said, you know what you're doing. I hired you because you're very brilliant and you know what you're doing. Just do it the way you do it. If it doesn't work for me, I will let you know. But don't try and adapt to the way I do it. You've been doing it for 20 years. Just do it the way you do it. You have to be able to not be a micromanager, be there to help people succeed, make sure that they have the tools invest in those tools, have the right way of dealing with uh, you know, your team and listening. You really, and it's difficult for a lawyer to listen, <laughs> but I do try and listen as much as I can.
0: That's terrific. That's terrific. I want to take you back to um, the story you were saying earlier about the attorney that just joined your firm. And sure. you've known him for many, many years. So right now is an interesting time in the hiring front. All my clients are hiring. All of them are struggling. Uh, with the hiring process. And it's it's the number one topic that I talk about with all of my clients right now. And I want to, you know, for those attorney entrepreneurs, all of you that are out there trying to hire for these positions, we're going to go through here um, a quick benchmark little exercise so you can get a sense for how long it should take you to fill that position. So the first thing, sorry, you mentioned is that you've known this person for a long time. About how long have you known him? I think at least
1: 12 years. At least, At least 12 years. years. Yeah. So,
0: And in that time, you know, your careers have done other things, but it was something you've always been very clear about since you started your own firm is, look, if you're ever unhappy with your situation, please consider us. I think that's a wonderful thing to say about how long have you been having that offer open to
1: him? Uh, since I didn't know he was going to leave his previous firm, not not the, the most recent firm, to go into personal injury. And when I met with him, I said, had I known that, I, would have, I wish he would have talked to me. And uh, it was great that he didn't because in the meantime, he got a, a ton of experience at an excellent firm that I, I respect very much. And so I just said, you know what? If things change, and every time I saw him, I said the yeah. same thing because it's very hard to find the right people, the right fit for your firm. More importantly, it's hard to find the right fit in terms of personality. I can't teach personality. I can't teach uh, trust I can't teach those things. And because I knew this person, I knew I had all those things. Everything else is easy to teach, right? right, right. And its uh, I already see it in the short period of time he's worked for us. It's so amazing that I see these things you know, by way of emails. And I've already told him. I'm so thrilled with the way things are working so far. And I really do believe that he is going to be the future of our firm.
0: That's fantastic. And so how, you know, how many months or years uh, were you making this offer to him?
1: Uh, Literally four four years. Okay. Four years. Every time I saw him. Yeah. And he finally said yes. (laughs) (laughs) He did. He actually reached out to me at one point during COVID. And he said, you want to go to lunch? And I said, sure. I haven't seen you in a while. Let's go to lunch. And he kind of started, we started having the conversation then. Yeah. You know, a few months later, uh, it, it worked. So kudos to you for having the
0: the mode of all you know always be hiring, always looking out for that that right talent, identifying the people who you want on your team, and then just letting them know that look, hey, if things don't work out. No, let's talk. And to keep that up for years and years, that is how you make an amazing hire. And so for all of you attorney entrepreneurs who are thinking, Oh my gosh, I've been looking for six weeks and I don't have anybody. <laughs> if you listen to SARS's situation, he knew the person for twelve. He's been making those overtures for four. And now that person is coming on board, but that person is going to be dynamite. It's just going to be an absolute perfect fit
1: for the firm. So and so to be honest, textbook. we were we weren't looking for a brand new attorney at that time. But I knew that this would be the perfect solution for our firm to grow into the future. And, and so I knew I, I, I had to. I mean, it would, be, it would have been the worst mistake, I think, had if we hadn't offered uh, a position to this person.
0: Yeah, that's an absolute perfect point is when you're always hiring, you're always hiring for the right people. You have that list of the people you want on your team. And when one of them says, I'm interested and available. You got to jump on it right away, even to. though it
1: may not be the perfect time. <laughs> there's there's never the perfect time, but that's that's the fun of it. I mean, that's what makes it so fun is because I will look in a year from now and I'll see the growth of the firm and I'll say, wow, that was a really great hire. I, I'm absolutely positively certain that that is what will happen.
0: That's fantastic, and so as you think about your firm with your, you know, your business owner hat on, what's the number one
1: challenge you're dealing with today? So uh, hiring is is a problem; is difficult. Um, the number one challenge that we deal with is because marketing has changed so drastically. During COVID, uh, marketing was 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 a major change, right? So we went from doing uh, pay per click on, on on the internet and diff- doing different things along those lines to now all all that money is going elsewhere. People are doing more billboard type ads. People are doing a lot of TV commercial ads. Um, And it's becoming super expensive to advertise even on on the internet. So you've got to figure out different ways of doing your marketing. You've got to be smart about it. You've got to think different than a lawyer. I always tell people when I talk to them, what works for Coca-Cola will work for your law firm. Don't look at another law firm's advertising and marketing because they've already done it. You need to look at other businesses to see what they have done. Why was it successful for them? And try and emulate that.
0: Uh, That's a great, that's really good advice because let's face it. A lot of these businesses have very
1: talented marketers working for them. They do. Do what they do. That would be great. And an unlimited budget. You know, some of the bigger firms have an unlimited budget. Well, People who are smaller smaller firms, it, they've got to figure out a way to compete with that. And you can't do it dollar for dollar. You've got to do it by looking outside of the box, thinking differently.
0: Usually where we start when we're working with our clients is we start by looking at uh, what is the message that they're trying to broadcast. Uh, and, then we, and then we move into who's their ideal client. And we have a little bit of a different definition for that. We think about who's the client that is a great fit for the firm, of course, but who's also going to really appreciate that message. And there's a specific way we put the message together um, because a client that gets that message is gonna wanna work with you and they're gonna be a great client for the firm and they're going to refer people in. Those are the kinds of people that that we wanna attract. And so if you had to describe, oh, so sorry, just to finish that thought, um, that ideal client then dictates to us the kinds of marketing tactics we wanna use. Um, so you know for example if we realize that a firm is really focused and they should be focused on getting referrals from other attorneys we might do very conventional attorney type marketing because that's who we're trying to attract but if we're looking at a, at a consumer who's just you know been in an injury or an accident or something like that that's a completely different situation and we would approach it totally differently so as the landscapes changed you know it, and, and your firm has evolved too you were talking about who do you think uh, you who, how would you describe your ideal client?
1: So so really, my ideal client is, is anyone who's been injured as a result of someone else's negligence. And I, I always say it that way. It's the person who needs help, not the person who thinks that they can do it on their own, not the person who... It wasn't truly injured. If 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 you don't have an injury and you think you can handle it on your own, I will often turn away those clients and say, "You good luck. If, if you have any questions, I'm happy to answer them for you." But you're not the right client for me. If the client comes in and says, "How much is my case worth?" at the beginning, not the right client for me. I have no idea. I think it's extraordinarily disingenuous for attorneys to tell clients what their case is worth, absent extenuating circumstances like a wrongful death case or something like that. So for the most part, my ideal client is somebody who needs my help, who wants to get medical care right away, who wants to get better, and they want me to take care of everything else. Got it.
0: That seems like it would be, a you know, a lot of people would fall into that category. Um, so what are some of the things you do that whittle that down to a more manageable target market?
1: Yeah, so one of the things that we look at is, I want to find out, Okay, is there a liability dispute? So I have my own filter when someone calls in uh, and and we kind of look through things. Is there a dispute as to liability? Is there an issue with uh, insurance? Are they truly injured? Had they previously been injured? And is this just uh, not related to the accident? And is there really a mechanism of injury? What is the amount of damages to the vehicle? If it's a bumper scratch or, you know, a small uh, uh, accident, it's not going to be right for me uh, because, you know, one of the things that you're dealing with is there's a predisposition for insurance adjusters, jurors to look at these smaller cases. And I'm not saying that there isn't a way for there to be a mechanism of injury, but you already have an uphill battle as it is. And so we kind of look at all of these things in total and make a determination if that, that person is a right fit for the firm. Got it. Yeah. That, that's a, that's a really good start. You know, some of the things that,
0: that we do for all you attorney entrepreneurs who are listening, who are trying to identify your ideal client. um, Some of the things we do is we ask some questions about demographics and psychographics and demographics are you know, geography, income, um, are there certain neighborhoods that they like to live in kind of a real focus on geography? What's their age? Um, What's their, you know, their gender, um, those kinds of things. And those, what's their profession and their job title. That helps us really kind of narrow it down in a, you know, in a database, basically. The other part, which is a lot more fun to talk about, at least for me, is the psychographics. Um, and the psychographics are what's going through the mind of your client when they, when they decide that they need to hire you. And oftentimes it could be, um, you know, what are the things that they're really looking forward to? Right, so if they're doing something positive with an attorney, that might be it. And then if everything goes well, you know, what are their real dreams and aspirations around that? The flip side of that, which is you know where many many attorneys live, because that's the nature of, of the role, is you know what are their what are their frustrations? What are they really unhappy about right now? Um, what's really bothering them? And then one level below that, which they'll almost never tell you until they trust you, is what are their real fears? Right? What if things don't work out the way they think, the way they hope that they work out? What will really happen to them and to their family at that point? And if you can answer those questions, you can take those messages, embed it into your marketing, and deliver a really targeted, really powerful
1: message to your target market. So. Was that was that helpful at all, sir? Absolutely. Uh, first, from the geographic sense, we, we absolutely have a specific geography. I, you know, I have two offices. I have one in Tulare, California, which is in central California. And I have one in Orange County. And I do try and target out there. But looking at looking at it from a, a psychological perspective or what the person is thinking is very, very important. Just like you said, what are their fears? They come to me because they're scared. They come to my law firm because they're scared. They need help. And uh, I think that's a great way of approaching things. Absolutely terrific. I haven't heard that from many people in the past. I think it's extraordinarily important to, to look at it from that perspective. Right. One of the benefits lawyers have is no one calls an attorney for fun. I mean, that's right. <laughs> but they don't. So
0: they have a big problem that they need help with. So Sars, as as we think about your firm and how it's growing and 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 really evolving. What are you
1: excited about for Conan Schwarzen over the next twelve to eighteen months? I'm very excited to see how things uh, change in terms of our marketing. I have a lot of marketing ideas that we're working on presently, expanding even more so into Palm Desert, which is something that we used to do a lot more of. So I take uh, cases out there uh, in the desert areas, and uh, just seeing how things go with with this new lawyer, I, I really anticipate that we will be growing and just making sure that everybody is, is happy, have all the resources that they need to be successful at their jobs.
0: Awesome. That's great. Sorry, if someone wants to reach out to you who's listening
1: to this show, what's the best way for them to do that? So they can either call my office, uh, direct line is 714-547-5100. Or they can go on our website, uh, legalhelp123.com. It's a pretty easy uh, website to remember uh, and reach out to me. You can also text me at that number, 714-547-5100, and I'll get the text as will everyone else. <laughs> awesome. sorry thank you so much for being on the show today. really enjoyed having you. My my sincere pleasure. Thank you very much.
0: Everyone, that's Sar Swartzen, managing partner of Conan Swartzen. Thank you. That's a wrap for this episode of the Lawyer Business Advantage podcast. One thing that would really help both us and other new potential listeners is for you to rate this show and leave a comment in iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you tune in to listen. And I want to hear from you. So connect with me on LinkedIn and let me know what you think of this episode. And if you are a solo or an owner of a small law firm, and you're looking to earn more money, attract better clients, or reduce your stress, we would love to talk with you to see how we can help. Request your free law firm assessment by visiting lawfirmsuccessgroup.com. Again, that URL is lawfirmsuccessgroup.com. We look forward to talking with you soon. Thank you for listening. My name is Ale Yajnik. Until next time, remember, you can seize freedom. You can embrace happiness. You can build your perfect practice.